Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. What's up, uh, weirdos? <laughs> Oh, God, that started fake. Uh, that was a fake laugh that turned into a real laugh. And I'm just alone in my apartment. How strange. Uh, hello, everybody. And uh, thanks for listening. This is a great episode. We actually uh, have a bunch of other episodes that we've recorded, but Doug and I had such a fun time that I, I, I wanted to get this out there immediately. Uh, it's funny. I say this on the show. Uh, some people were commenting that the premise of the show, it's we're not getting weird enough. So we tried to remedy it here. And I'm going to be doing that uh, from now on. I think it's really funny to try and uh, honor the namesake of the show and make sure we have at least a couple really uh, awkward moments. And when it's with a, a friend like Doug, uh, that's a lot easier. Uh, you know, I, I certainly know him better than I knew uh, Dave Coulier, for example. Anyway, uh, we're also going to do a stand-up thing here. Uh, for those of you uh, that didn't hear the first one, I think the first one's on the Sarah Silverman episode. Um, I had these recordings from New York. I was going to do a CD, and what I did was I recorded like five, uh, five like twenty-minute sets at UCB, and then I ended up not releasing it. I uh, I wanted to do one long set and have uh, have it be more that way. Anyway, so I had these recordings. I didn't know what to do with them. Never was going to release them. And now uh, I have this podcast. So why not release some stand-up from time to time? And uh, here's this is an early version of this joke. I still do this joke occasionally. This joke will probably be on my next thing or whatever, because just listening to it, I remembered how much I like it. Uh, but here it is, uh, Sex versus Sleep. And uh, you, you heard it here first, because it doesn't exist anywhere else. You heard, you heard it here first? What the... F who... Who am I? Can I say something that I don't know if you guys are going to understand this or if this is going to make sense, but uh, I, I, I kind of want to talk about intercourse. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> I'm so romantic with my girlfriend. I'm like, let's begin intercourse! It's really, really sexual. I call it sexual instead of sex god. Just shoot me in the dick. I'm clearly not using it. Just cannon blast me in the dick. I want to talk about sex in a way that I don't really think guys really talk about it, which is, which is uh, I love sex, okay? It's popular. <laughs> love it. I'm using the word love about it. But I also love sleep. Ooh, sleep? Yeah. That's some good stuff, right? Yes. And what's weird is, in the morning, my girlfriend, if she sleeps over, there's a window. She gets up at like nine. I don't know. Is that a time people get up? I don't have to. I do. The, I just sleep during the day. She gets. I guess nine. Let's say nine. That sounds like a time adults get up. Nine. It seems like nine. So she gets up at nine. I know there's a window within which she's going to be getting ready, where I have to make a choice whether or not I want to continue sleeping or proceed to have intercourse. Right. So the part of my brain that likes sex and the part of my brain that likes sleep have like a debate. And the part of my brain that likes sleep makes a compelling argument. I'm just laying there and he's like, oh yeah, sleep, yeah, you like sleep? It's pretty nice. You like doing this? Pretty good. Just laying there still, doing nothing. Just breathing, relaxing, you like that? You want to keep doing this? You want more of this? You want to keep doing this? You want to just merge right into more of this? Do nothing. 
Just lay, I'll take care of it. You don't want to have sex. What do you want to have sex? You want to hoist? You want to hoist your elbow? Roll? Hoist? Do they feel like hoisting right now? What is it, like nine? Is that a time? Grown-ups can... What is it, like nine? You want to hoist and roll? Like what, 180 degrees? Now we're doing math. You hate math. You want to roll and hoist and, and mount? You want to mount in the moving and it's like going for a jog? You want to go for a jog? What are you, an idiot? You're an idiot. You want to go for a jog in bed but you don't get anywhere and you're sweating. You're like, I'm not going anywhere. You, are you an idiot? Is that it? You're like stupid. You want to hoist and roll and mount and jog and sweat, you fat piece of shit. Is that it? Do nothing. Stay with me. But then the sex part, my brain is like, come on, you're a guy. <laughs> and I'm like... I have to do it. So I go for it. And I don't know if you've ever been having sex and like you remember that sex is amazing. Every time I do, I, I'm like, wait a minute. This is what all the buzz is about. This is worth moderate exercise. You know what I mean? And I vow, I'm like, never again will I doubt sex over sleep. But the next morning, my brain is like, hey, you want to be a Viking flying? I can show you the world. I can make that happen, or you can hoist. Hoist is a funny word. I love jumping in. Give a lady a chance. What's your philosophy on pools? Do you go in the shallow end and adjust, or do you jump in? Have we really started? Yeah, this is that's legitimately that is that's legitimately a great way to the beginning of a podcast. Show is just with a weird question, a random question. Thank you. We were just talking about how people sometimes say that the show doesn't get as weird as they would like. So that's let's a, get weird. What's the question about pools? Yeah, if I, if you, Doug Benson, I'm mm-hmm. with the hilarious Doug Benson. And this is You Made It Weird with me, Pete Holmes. And if you and I, comedian friends, went to a pool and uh, it was a little, the water was chilly, would you just jump in or are you going to like work it up, work it up from the shallow? Wow, it really, I could go either way on that. It really, nope. I, ch- I like to change it up. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I will torture myself with the slow walk That in. is a torture. It's such torture. That's like a slow break. I don't know why you ever put yourself through that. Because we're dumb. But we do. And we, we do. don't learn. It's true. Jump in and adjust now. That's yeah, but also I said I, as I get a little bit older, because you know I'm I'm in my twenties now. That's actually the first weird thing. I I fear that just diving right in will give me a heart attack. <laughs> I I don't like fucking don't have one now, you friendly man. Does is coughing means the heart attack's about to happen? Yeah, you smell toast, your arm goes numb, and you have a gentle cough, and that's the, that's the sign of death. Oh, someone assist that man. Uh, why don't we talk about how we met? You know, I like the story of how we met because I don't remember it. Oh, it was perfectly it was perfectly weird when we met. Yeah, it was really sure. weird. God. Like I never wanted to see you again. I remember. But then I saw you again and it was fine. Yeah, but so it was at the best week ever Christmas party. Mm-hmm. And I was a young man, a young man, probably 24, 25 maybe. And I, I was. I showed up late. And not, I, yes, not, you got there not late. late as in tardy. Late as in I just couldn't get there earlier because right. I was in an off Broadway show. I think marijuanas logs. <laughs> marijuanas logs. The marijuana Christmas logs. Yes. The Yule logs. And uh, a Eddie? show that's very popular with people who like marijuana or logs. <laughs> and, or, uh, or Yule tide. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> 
and I, I showed up at, I think the party was at uh, maybe the Dream Hotel. Sounds right. Possibly. Sounds like, like a their, place. They have like a bar up at the top. It's kind of nice. I think you're right, good actually. Good views and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Even though they always yell at us for smoking pot on the balcony. It's just like, come on, we're on a balcony and we're white. Except for Sherrod. That's, that's he point. got away with it? No, no, no. I'm saying we're white except for Sherrod. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. if I guess he was there. He was there. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I, I th- just saw a thing on the news about how in New York City, might have been an old documentary, but it's still fairly re- relevant. The cruise? Just, they're just arresting blacks and Hispanics left and right for weed, for possessing it, smoking it, in not New- even for selling it or having it near a schoolyard. They're just arresting ethnic... You know what I mean? Like, you can get away with smoking weed like crazy in New York if you're white. Yeah, uh, yeah. But if you're black or Hispanic, you get thrown in jail for it. Yeah, that's troubling. It's insane. They, they, my, I, I'm from Boston, and my brother was smoking marijuana right on the streets. He's, he's a white man as yeah. well. Yeah, and he, we can he, get away with it. Is that true? Uh, generally. I've I don't know, really I've known know. some white people who got arrested in New York. I've also been with Sherrod. But you have to uh, be standing next to an Asian. <laughs> <laughs> it gets buffered with an age. <laughs> Look, guys, if you take anything from this podcast, if you're black or Latino and hearing this, uh, if you're going to smoke hot on the the street, get an age. Any flavor. Korean, Thai, Thai Taiwanese. So I show up at the Dream Hotel and... Taiwan. I think the party at that point was even moving to another... To an after. It was moving to a karaoke bar. An after party, yeah. So I think... As it's as I seem to recall it, I think I met you like on the sidewalk outside the party. See, I thought we met at the party. It might have been in the party, but, but I not. I don't know. I, I just remember on the sidewalk outside the party, you were so drunk, and you're hmm. you know you're a large person, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. fat but tall. Big big drink of water. Yeah, and you were so physically abusive. Yes, like you were one of those kind of drunks that it was like, oh, and it was God. friendly, oh, no. but it was like violent hugging oh. and and shoving. I had and, never met you. It was probably and we had never met, and I was probably very. We were excited. both on a show where we sit and talk individually, right? And see each other. Sometimes people so think, I knew who you were. They think we're in the same room, but we're not. We had never yet met. And that's when I started campaigning to get you off the show. That's not true. Not true at all. I heard that. Who does that? I heard that. Uh, speaking of our, our black friends, one of the black guys on SNL was notorious for like campaigning to try and get the other black guys off the show. Well, that I, makes sense. I'm you want to be, you wanna be the only black guy. You want to be the one that gets to be Barack Obama. Yeah, I remember when. Oh, Fred Armisen. When uh, <laughs> when Finesse Mitchell and uh, Keenan were the only two black guys, and they were like, "I think we're cutting the, the cutting the staff." I don't know if this is true, but I think Keenan uh, either said this or this is a finesse joke that he looked at him and went, "They're not going to cut Fat Albert, man," <laughs> which I think is fantastic. What up with that? So we, uh, so I was super blackout drunk because I was kind of new to drinking. You were totally blackout drunk. I didn't know. By the way, blackout I feel like is in improv. It's it's more like you're just you're. I guess you're blackout because you don't remember it. But you yeah. don't black out. You're, you're doing there it. when it's happening. But uh, yes, <laughs> and you seem aware. Like whenever I get blackout drunk, I I'm pretty much. You know, everyone says, "Oh, you were pretty cool." You right. Know, you were kind of obnoxious, or you 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 know, like I... one thing or another happened. But for the most part, people are like, "You're all right." But there's that. There's still that like three hour window. Right. Like it's it's scary in New York, but it's even scarier out here in L.A. because, you know, I'll wake up and have that blackout window and like what Burger King wrappers on the floor. Mm. So I managed in my blackout drunk state to drive to a 
Oh, you you dro- you're driving King. yourself. And, I, yeah, oh, and go Lord. through the drive-thru. Oh, shit. And then the next morning, I don't remember any of it. Oh, that's, God That's heaven. never good when that happens. And, you, and the Burger King King is in the bed with you? But at least I, you know, I usually finish the food. And don't, <laughs> you don't smear choke? it all over the walls. Yeah, and, sure. You know, like you behave sort of normally, I guess. But you're just like, <clears throat> you're just not going to remember it the next day. See, at, at this point in my life, even more so than now, I have a hard time getting in touch with a lot of my emotions other than happy and sleepy. As, as you know, this is actually something I love about you. And Sleepy's I'm, an emotion? It is now. <laughs> it is now dot net. So is Doc and Dopey. Doc, well, come on. Come on, that was pretty good. That was very fast. You're a fast motherfucker, man. I try. Which is weird because I always associate the weed smoke with uh, lethargy and, and lack of memory. But you remember the name of the hotel wherein we met? I think I did. Could have been a comple- I think you're could right. have been a completely different venue. We it's, could have, we could have met at the Hammerstein Ballroom. I've never been. Where I got blackout drunk once. Did you really? Well, yeah, then, well, that's the thing. I, I'll, my point is just that in New York, you get blackout drunk and you wake up in your bed the next day. You're like, oh, I walked home. Right. I managed to find home yes. without getting raped or killed. Yes. But in L.A., when you have that car element. That's why you got to. This is my one of my favorite stories is my friend was at uh, Arclight, I believe, where there's a bar. And he saw Quentin Tarantino and he was shit faced. And Quentin Tarantino said to my friend, he doesn't know my friend. You know what I mean? From Adam. Mm-hmm. And he goes to him, like, bottle of champagne in his hand. He goes, always get a car, kid. You ever see my name in the paper? And gets in the car. Yeah. Fucking perfect. No, what, what is that, 30 bucks? I was, I did a, sh- I, Paris Hilton was at the same nightclub I was at the night we were shooting Super High Me and we were doing a benefit for, uh, it was a suicide girl's benefit for, uh, you know, breast cancer or something. Benson and, <laughs> and, well, I was just one of the acts on the show. It was me and Sarah Silverman and I think Dave Anthony might have been on it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Dave Navarro. Uh-huh. Uh, Tig, was, Tig Notaro, you mean? Mm-hmm. No, Dave Navarro was like the big musical act. Oh, at I'm this, sorry. At this bar, <laughs> at this bar nightclub on uh, Santa Monica called Dragonfly. Uh-huh. And... That was the night that Paris Hilton, all of her troubles started, because that was the night she she drove home from... She was there that night. Yes. I didn't see her there. Yes. But she was there, and then that's where she tried to drive home, drive her SUV home from there drunk. Yeah. Like, when you're the richest you're so fucking rich. bitch in the yeah. world... It's like the elderly. Why are you driving a car? Oh, I it's, just love to drive. Yeah. Driving it, is so amazing. I really do think it's like the elderly. Like, you don't want to give up the right. You know what I mean? When you're... when It's it's like a human... Like, you want to move a machine with your body, especially when you're drunk. You're like, I can do it. You can't tell Yeah, I I'd never want to give up the right to drive an old person. <laughs> ah, I love just getting on the back of an old person. Oh, just driving them. When I'm drunk, especially. <laughs> But but yeah, what... so it was. Uh, that's where all of her trouble started. Yeah. And, I, and going back to what you said about Tarantino, the guy's a genius because brilliant. You you should just if you've got the money, and have you... a car, or if you live in L.A., just you know, yeah. walk the fuck home. Yes, you know, or like, take a cab and leave it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's do, just do, not do worth what you got to do. But the thing is, once you're drunk, yep, you don't want you, your judgment is impaired. And you, yep. people say to you, don't drive home. And you go, I can drive. I'm cool. Yep. Or they don't even say anything in my case because I usually slip away. Irish goodbye. Like I quietly slip away the, the, and drive home drunk. That's the Irish goodbye. I do that every party where you don't say goodbye. I thought Irish goodbye was like a wake. <laughs> <laughs> There's boiled cabbage and jokes. I want, I'm interested because back then 
I, our good friend died. Let's have some boiled cabbage. Yeah, that's what the Irish. That's do. what they do. There, there oh, might be there God. might be people. No wonder they're I so unhappy. We would get super blackout drunk back then. I haven't been blackout drunk in a very long time. And I think the more I become an emotive and expressive person, the less I need to become that monster that wants to like. If I want to hug you now, I'll just hug you. But back then, I I, I got drunk and and then I would hug you and then I would do these things that I secretly wanted to do. Lifting hug. It was a yeah. I get I get. You uh, secretly want to lift hug other dudes. <laughs> I'm I'm not ashamed of that. <laughs> I want to lift hug people. You know, you know how fucking frustrating it is being I'm six six. Uh, I weigh two something, and no one can. No one's gonna. Pick it's me difficult up. being bigger than everything. I'm bigger than everything. Mm-hmm. So I try and give the gift that can't be given to me, and I pick you up, Doug Benson. Right, because I can't pick you up. You could. I bet I could, but it would be really awkward. You might have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Or, that, or weird. That's actually the first weird thing. I, you're, you're, you're like a, a, you have a young sensibility, and I'm so. I recently learned that you're older than I thought you were. I thought you were literally my age. I thought you and I were both thirty-two. Well, you know, a couple of years. You don't. We don't have to specifically. <laughs> the purpose. Listen, I'm I have a fan base. I'm Seventy-three. I have a fan base that insists that I make <laughs> it weird. Is the name of the show. You. We don't have to. We don't have to get into specifics. Forty uh, something. Yeah, definitely forty something. I. But so I'm off by 10 years. First of all, take the compliment. I'm a friendly host. I love the compliment. It's a good compliment. It's always a good compliment. People are always like, it comes up, uh, does this rather, come up? rather frequently. It does. They're like, oh, wow, you know, weed must be really good at keeping you young. Or uh, and I think it's just a coincidence. Uh, good genes? I, I How think, are the parents? Think, uh, the parents are good. My grandfather had hair till the, you know, till the end and uh, the, on my mother's side. Till we that's, boiled That's the supposedly cabbage. where you get your hair from. You got good hair. My mom's You're dad. You're not losing yours. Yeah, my mom. Thank you. It's so weird how that matters so much to dudes. Well, it doesn't matter to dudes. What I, it matters to the conversation of people thinking you're younger than you are. Because me just having a, a full head of hair, there you go, really sells the young thing. You're I mean, up. in other ways, I'm I behave in a you know I've never grew up and I I like childish things. Sure, and I and I like things that are current. Like so, I don't ever seem like I hope I don't ever seem like a old fuddy duddy. No, you don't. You make me feel like a fuddy daddy. You you out movie <laughs> reference me. You out music reference me. That's why Best Week was such a great show for you. I had to research that stuff. You and and, and guys like Sheer just knew it. You guys, yeah, knew that a lot shit. of it, a lot of it. But I was also, you know, it was a massive. As much as I miss doing that show because I really like doing it, it was fun. It's man. a massive relief to not have to give a shit about ah. any of those people anymore. Here's a weird one. Here's a weird question for you. Okay, I rem- okay. So Doug and I did a show called Best Week Ever. Doug did it far longer uh, than I did. I did it for about a year and a half uh, during its prime, right? Uh, right before it ended, it maybe a year later. If it had a prime. If it had a prime. People do love that show, though. I know. People come up to me all the time going, what happened to Best Week Ever? Yeah. Or, or my favorite, I love you on Best Week Ever. Yes. Oh, when was the last time you saw it? They go, people say every um, year. It was like a couple weeks ago. I get this. I get, I just, I swear to God, I just saw you on Best Week. They just mean like one of the top 40 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think. They don't rerun pretty much anything I ever did on VH1 anymore. They though. say so that. Now when, now when somebody says something, I know that they're just... Full of shit. Or just, you know, they don't... Like, my favorite was when I did Last Comic Standing uh, for... We gotta talk about that, because remember you called me and you were like, let's do it. <laughs> do you remember? I'm conflicted about that show. I want to talk about your experience with that show. Okay. But let me... Let me is let... that weird? It is weird. It's kind of a normal conversation. I'll make it weird. Okay. Let's put our dicks on the table. <laughs> Dicks on the table to talk about last man standing. That was my last beat. comic standing. Last, last, uh, last, last man standing too. Let's cover the Tim Allen vehicle. But that's my favorite thing that people say to me to this day. 
probably happened like a week ago. Mm-hmm. I voted for you on Last Comic Standing. Really? I don't even get into that argument with them because I got I got knocked out before the part the where anyone could vote for me. <laughs> I so they didn't get the chance to vote for yeah. me. And whenever I do say, well. The vote, I, you didn't get to vote for me. What are you talking right, about? Right, right, right. They always, go, they always go, I mean, I was rooting for you. Yes, they're not wrong. They change it to that. Oh, uh, well, it's, it's always nice. That's why, you, you, look, this doesn't happen often, but occasionally someone will be like, I love you on I Love the 90s. And I just go, thank you. I also love that show. And, I, and we don't need to, like, just fucking take it easy, performers. You saw me talking with a solid color behind me. Thank you. People love to, though, uh, Kind of throw the I love the thing at me sure. on occasion as some sort of their version of an insult. You know, like they'll go on Twitter or in, oh, okay. or in person, I love the 90s too. Right. And I go, good for you. I was never on that. Yeah. Yeah, you were on those. No, I was on Best Week Ever. No, you were on, like people will tell right, me what right, I was right, on. All right. Well. And I'll go, well, I know I was on Marijuana. Mike, but- Michael Ian Black was on that. He was great. On I Love Them? He was on I Love Them. Yeah, he dominated he, he gets people saying, I loved you on Best Week Ever, and ah, he was never on that. Whatever it is. I sometimes get, I loved you on the BBC vehicle, All Creatures Great and Small, and that's frustrating. That reference is so inside, it's a fetus. I can't understand <laughs> that. Can we, this is what's weird about Last Comic, okay, uh-huh. is that um, I remember I was surprised that you wanted to go out for it. I'm not uh, suggesting that you shouldn't have, but I always associated that show, for better or worse, with not something we should be doing. One of the smartest things I ever did well, was fuck, going out for that show fuck twice. You, fuck you, man. Fuck yeah. you, man. Let's put our dicks on. <laughs> well, let, no, let's talk it about it. Because... Took me, it just took me to another level immediately when I made it the second time when I made it to the top ten. You mean, I what are we in... talking? Tour-wise, fame-wise, price-wise? Uh, maybe fame-wise, a little bit price-wise, but mostly just getting work as a headlining stand-up comic Tickets. in good clubs it just struck immediately as much as, bigger as than soon your as podcast? i hit the top 10 because they you know they they tape it slowly like it takes like four months to do the whole season uh-huh. so i got to go out and do stand-up on the weekends mm-hmm. while i was a top 10 finalist on uh... last comic standing so i got great gigs out of that and then the gigs have never stopped coming really so, so i can't say that uh, you know, certainly, Super High Me might have come along and might have you know done a lot for my career. I mean, it did do a lot for my career. Sure. But, but but just the fact that I had the last comic standing under my belt gave me a little bit more credibility to make to get Super High Me made. Uh huh. That's interesting. Every time, as did Best Week Ever. Sure. That was also another big thing. Every year, the the year you did it, the year before that, and maybe even the year before that, I would get some sort of uh, vague call. And believe me, I don't think this is like cool Johnny Showbiz stuff. They're looking for comedians. And I'd get a call, and they're like, they want you to audition. And I would always weigh it out in my brain, and I'd be unable to make the decision on my own, because I'm a puss. And I, then I'd call TJ a friend of ours, mm-hmm. and TJ and I would have a, a, a hour and a half discussion about why we should never do it. Because there's something about the competitiveness. Mitch Hedberg has a great quote. There's a, 10 comedians do a, a stand-up contest. There's one winner and nine comedians that think comedy shouldn't be judged, <laughs> which is a great, which is fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's something off-putting about that, but it's also just hard it's like doing late night spots. I don't think I, you really get a sense for who I am watching me do Fallon or something. You need to like – that's not actually comedy. It's not actually happening. My heroes, Steve Martin, Larry David, uh, Seinfeld could have done it. 
wouldn't have been able to do prior wouldn't have been able to do last comic standing he would have killed it he would have lost don't you no think because he's got to do these he little baby so sets funny and he did he did so much tv that You're was right. baby sets i actually think i, I think he I agree did there. so much stuff that was like totally took away his edge mm. and but but it but made people not made people, but you know, allowed like white people in America to love him. So then, when he came out with a movie with Gene Wilder, yeah, they fucking lined up around the block. Yeah, well, I've been wrong before. I'm not a real prior expert. I have seen some of his late night shots. I'm talking with about those last guys. comic standing. You go in, you do your act. You you say try to say funny things when they're interviewing you. You try to say funny things when you're like best week when you're yeah exactly best week was the best training for me. For, that's why for you, last comment. that's what you said to me. You were like you should do it because it's just like uh, best week. We just have to be funny. You sit there in a chair and they go, "What do you think of so and so? Who do you think's going to win? Right. How do you feel about your performance last night? How do you feel about tonight?" Like they're constantly interviewing you right. in a chair, yeah, just like best week ever. Yep. And you sit there and you take a second and you think of a funny response to the question you don't just answer the question like right, well, I'm right. in this competition because right. my daughter wants a puppy right, 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 right. you think of something funny to say and then the editors love it because it's supposed to be a funny show right. it rarely is mm. and because uh, and, the comics all take it so seriously they become okay, they then, become competitive athletes with the same sense of humor as competitive athletes right. instead of professional comedians because right. most of there's nobody on it last comic standing who's an amateur comic that's not how you cannot last more than two episodes of that show with an act that where you're just winging it or just starting. Right. You have to have uh, uh, the so material it's made already. For, it's made for guys like you. It's made for like there's too many people I think that pussed out or whatever. <laughs> you know they're not necessarily pussies, but there's so many people <laughs> that just never did Last Comic Standing that they just in their own mind they wanted to think they were further along in their careers. They well, yeah, than they were. Uh, you just made it weird, but you're absolutely right. Is part of it is I go, what are you going to give me a half hour? I have a half hour. What are you going to give me a cone? I have a cone. You're going to produce my album. I have an out. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck you. I'm doing this by myself. But what does having a cone in or a half hour get you in in, in you're saying, show business? You're saying the show is the thing. It's on NBC in yeah. prime time in yeah. the summer when there's nothing else to watch. It's all fucking reruns. Yeah. And so especially in the first four or five seasons, like season or five, five and six may have been, it dropped off a little bit. But when I was on it, five million people were watching me every week. Jeez. You know, as opposed to 250,000 on Best Week Ever, you know, were watching me every week being doing my act and being funny yeah. and, and trying to, you know, essentially... Uh, win everybody over I can't put my finger on it. Like everything you're saying And I am business minded Everything you're saying Makes perfect sense And I'm still kind of like Stand up ah. comedy is a competition I know That's what's so smarmy about it But we want it to be an art I want to be an artist I want well, to that's be where we wi- That's where we win Compared to actors Is because we don't go up Against each other We just uh, survive against each other mm-hmm. Like we all We all need work mm-hmm. So somebody that's working a lot Is probably taking away work From others which is how acting works. Right. But you don't have to both sit in a room together to get that part. Yes. You know, you just have your act and you have your own agent or whatever and you yeah. just sort of carve your own path. It is kind of collaborative and communitive. Is that a word? Communitive? Well, also, I've ha- I, the friends I made in the two seasons of Last Comic Standing that I did are will be lifelong friends. And, Who? you know, and there's a couple of people that I'm like, you know, it just made me realize that, that they're you know, horrible and I don't yeah. want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. But most 
Who were they? Most comics like being around other comics. So, yeah. And the year I was on, I got extremely lucky because they did not have a house or a boat or anything. Yeah. We, we, we stayed in a hotel. They sequestered us, but we had our own separate rooms, and they didn't follow us with cameras to our rooms. And they, uh-huh. never, they never really filmed any of us like sitting around. You know, Not that we argued that much, but if we were having an argument, they didn't really film it. Mm-hmm. You know? What about the challenges? I think it always came oh, down to the challenges. That's the worst. Like, that's where they really lost it in the last season, when they're like, let's have a comedy car wash. What about a car wash has anything to do, right. anything to do with becoming a professional comedian? But that, that, that's a, Those paths never cross. I like the first season they did a perform in a laundromat and that actually happens happen, you do yeah. perform in fucked up places yes but you never are at a car wash trying to wash as many cars as you can right. to win the challenge the idea though that they're going to edit it and make it look like you bombed harder than you did and these cuts but they of people don't do looking that that away much. they don't do that that much this is what and I got, me. I got equally or more burned by shows where they hired me to just come on and do my act yeah like the first comedy central presents that i did the premium blend that i did uh, some other shows that I've been on, the way they edit your act fucks you so much harder than what what happens on Last Comic Standing. It's really just in terms of because you know what, maybe they're you getting... know what your act is. Comedy Central they did Jimmy Pardo's first. You know Jimmy Pardo. Yes, his the most hilarious thing about Jimmy Pardo is his crowd work. That's what he does. Yes. His, his jokes that he prepares, they're good, but that's not the essence of what he is about. Right. And his first Comedy Central half hour, I don't know if he did a second one, but his first one, they cut out all the crowd work. Interesting. They just left in stuff that's just there to segue into more crowd work. That hurts my stomach. <laughs> yeah. That really does. And that's, that's people that were hired him, yes. paid him, but and wanted to make him look good. I think they're getting better, though, because you did a second one. And were they better on the second one? They were better because the the director actually said to me as soon as it was done, he was like, hey, you did some crowd work. Should we leave that in? And I right. was like, yeah. I think that's their new thing. I think they talk to the comics more now. They're definitely better about it. Gaffigan. But it's still, it's took... still assembly line comedy show making. Yeah. You know? I guess the whole thing kind of makes me feel queasy. Yeah, which is why but I... But if the challenge is pitch a show to a network, that offends me. That makes it feel like you're allowing me to play show business. That was also a last season challenge. Yeah. The challenges I did... One of them was really horrible. We had to dress up as uh, jesters and perform in the middle of a medieval times, uh, yes, you know, pit or whatever. I, the fact that I now know that my <laughs> life is divided into two parts now. Before I knew that, and now that because- was horrible. But it gave me the opportunity to think. You know, on the fly, I had to think of some jokes that one might say if you were forced to perform at medieval times in a jester outfit, right? And then the other challenges were were uh you know pretty reasonable one was you you sit in the audience and heckle the other heckle each other Mm -hmm. which i had a blast doing that became was that (laughs) pre-interruption yeah that's hilarious yeah and then the other one was or i may have been doing the interruption already at that point but it was just in local clubs sure and then the other one was um what was the other challenge oh this one i got sandbagged but I, i i got the idea of the challenge they said you're gonna we're going to have six different models in six different rooms, and you have two me- two minutes with each. You know, girls from Deal or No Deal when that show was popular. Sure. <laughs> On NBC, little cross 
promotion thing. Yeah. They had uh, girls from uh, the, the idea was you were going to get six different girls from from that show that you had two minutes with each one to make them laugh. This make I and hate this so much. One on one. I hate this. But that's what we're doing right now. This, essentially, is trying yeah, to make but, each other laugh one on one. No, we're having fun. We're doing something. Well, you can have fun doing a, it. That's a great attitude. I admire that attitude. But somebody going, go have fun with one of the briefcase girls. I say, I'm going to light you on fire. I, first of all, I think a lot of the briefcase girls are very, very cute. Sure they are. I'm not going to light the briefcase get, girl on fire. I was thrilled to get to meet them. But what they did was, as, <laughs> as, their, as their little joke and their little twist was after you got through like two of those girls, then the next room was uh, a, a biker and then a granny and then a circus clown or rodeo clown is, and then a nun. Here's here can and I then say, a nun. But I have to say on something. the spot I said a dirty joke to the nun and that is the most memorable thing I did on that show and people Loved, loved it. it. Yes. They loved it. Because well, I just was like, well, I've lost this challenge because I was already not making the circus clown line. Right. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just say, you know, what I planned to say to one of the cute girls. Because I had all these, like, sex jokes planned for the cute girls. Right. You know, I thought, oh, I'll just say something dirty to them. That might make them laugh. Yeah. And then when the nun, when I got the nun, I was just like, oh, let's just go for it. And I told the joke. It ended up in all the promos. It ended up in all the, really? you know, like, last week on, yeah. next week on, sure. all that kind of shit. And it really was good for me. See, it's maybe I am guilty of taking myself too seriously. I'm open to that idea. And I think you went in with the right idea. You were like, this is I'm going to I'm going to use this device that is also using me and I'm okay. I'm going to go that. on a comedy show and be funny. Yeah. That's what I decided to do. Here's here's my problem is uh when you were just talking about that challenge is I am deeply offended at the idea of trying to win someone over uh in a like that that's that's a prostitution it's a prostitute Prostatizing, it's turning me. That's into why I a don't do. Whore. That's why I try not to do morning radio anymore. Can I, let me let me finish this thought and then yeah. tie it into what you're saying. I look at my comedy. This is all I want to say as an invitation to join me in what I enjoy. I'm not trying to manipulate or win anybody over. If you come out and you're you're having a shitty time and you hate me and you hate my face and I look like some guy you went to high school with, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen for you. But if you <laughs> want to, please RSVP, join me. I think I think my act is hilarious. Please come join me and laugh at it with me. Enjoy it with me. I'm not here to make some biker laugh with a quick with a quick quip. Fuck yourself. I'm trying to connect with a crowd in a real way. Right, but while connecting with that crowd, you make quips that are spontaneous and oftentimes about an individual That's or a reaction you get from the crowd that may in fact be a biker. That that is true, but, but you know because you can't you can't patrol your still, audience. You your, the audience is going to be filled with uh, some people yeah, that but, aren't necessarily on board until you prove to them that you're funny. And I agree. That, I I don't like having to prove it to people. I really sure. don't. I like I really love getting the benefit of the doubt, and even more so, I love it when people are just fans before they even buy the ticket. Oh, the best. So great, and that's that's the goal. That's what you want is to play to just fans, but. As an up-and-coming comedian, you don't get that luxury, so you do have to learn to make somebody that might not think you're funny laugh. That's, that's fine if he came into a club. Listen, in fact, <laughs> if you're having a shitty time and you're a biker and your arms are crossing in the front row, you bet your ass I'm going to try and make that guy laugh. I want to change him. I'll ask someone in the crowd and be like, what's going on with your day? Why aren't you enjoying this? I want, I want to give yeah, you the show that you, you want. Yeah, such a fucker? But, <laughs> or that. 
But I don't want to take a guy that uh, NBC screened and was like, okay, here's the challenge. You're going to try and make him laugh. And you can laugh if you want to and you don't have to. Oh, I think and then they he told them don't laugh at all. Or don't laugh at all, even And then worse. they got to vote. Then they got to decide. They got to sit there and with their arms crossed trying well, not to laugh and then get to decide, well, which person did almost make you laugh? I'm going to say that I contradict myself constantly. If there's anything I've learned about this podcast, I'm so full of shit. I'm, I, I'm so all on <laughs> you top make of myself. Shit. I, I make it shit. Yeah. Exactly. I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's a real quality to it. But in, on a gut level, I'm still like, fuck that. Has your friend Amy Schumer been on yet? Uh, no, not yet. Because when she comes on, I, she's I'd imagine proponent. she's got nothing but positive things to say about what and Last worked, Comic Standing did for her. And I've worked with other comics from Last Comic. and, and they're, they Because she won got, that challenge. They got you back. She it. made the nun laugh. Oh, she was on your show? Mm-hmm. I love Amy so much. That's where she and I became lifelong friends doing that. Oh, show. that's that's your lifelong friend of, um, among several. Amy yeah. and I are lifelong friends. Uh, you know, I'd like to think she would consider. You guys are probably closer because you had that experience. But we toured together, and God, I, I just think she's fantastic. Yeah, and she, but she, you know, that's the thing about stand-up comedy is that, you know. It, all of us want to do other things. Like that's the weird thing about stand up is there's rarely a stand up who all they want to do is stand up comedy. Sure. They just want to write jokes and then tell them on a stage, um, which is mostly what I want to do. But there's other avenues that can help you financially and can help you to get people to come in to see you tell jokes on a stage. Yes, and that's where something like Last Comic it shows. As much as I don't like reality shows or being on them, it shows that you can be funny in numerous situations and not just I saying I, the jokes that you prepared and came down and told I, to an audience that's fully on board. I sincerely love your attitude. I real I think it's fantastic, and I, I, I and that helped me with Super Jaime because that movie. Then, what then I had to go Last Comic Standing oh, okay. because then attitude. I had to go be on camera. Uh, you know. All the time, yes. In a in a documentary format, yes. And try to make and try to, you know, but without, that was without, on your own without terms, pushing it. I, I got like. to try to be as funny as I could be. I still had I still had people to answer to. I still had people to put up the money, and I still had other producers on the project who we didn't always see eye to eye. Like if I ever did a a uh, you know commentary on Super High Me. You would certainly hear there's a lot of things about it I, I'm not happy with. Oh, right? really? I, areas where we, I think we did not succeed. I, I, can I jump off from that? <laughs> sure. Because I, this isn't weird. This isn't uh, weird enough. I want to make it weirder. <laughs> I need to make it weirder. Guys. You got to make it weird. I, it's, it's right it's, there it's, in the name of the show. It's a burden that I must bear. This is one of the things that I love talking to guys like you, Neil Brennan, uh, even, even people like uh, TJ, who, to a lesser extent. You shoot from the hip. That's what I always say. And that's something that I'm literally almost doing by committee. Like on this podcast, people will be like, Pete's nice, but sometimes I can tell he's not speaking his mind or whatever. Like I'll sit out a topic. I just interviewed Janine and, and she's saying all these political things and I just like – or things I just disagree with and I just go, yeah, oh, yeah okay. And then like I know already people are going to be like fucking grow a pair. You don't have that problem. It's one of the first things that I delight and, uh, I d- delighted about you and really think is awesome have you been that way your whole life? What's going on? You fucking say what you're, you're <laughs> what is right with you. You're right on the surface. Don't you realize that that's rare? Do you realize that's rare? I guess it is, but I I go through my daily life being very 
quiet and polite and and not i'm not, not saying, challenging everything i'm not saying at the grocer you're like nice tits sweetheart <laughs> bananas you're getting bananas yeah, why would i uh, affect but that i'm just voice? saying like i would never wonder what you're thinking <laughs> whereas even somebody like me and i I'm, I'm a fan of myself but somebody like me you'd be like what do you think about that you might have to ask me a couple times before i'd be like i actually think your jacket is stupid i think i withhold some stuff i think i do you struggle with that you know when you when you brought up how old I was, I didn't just blurt out how old I am. You know, true. There's true. there's things that I you know sort of keep to myself, but but uh, opinions about other people, opinions about see when I met you and I was blackout drunk the night before, you shot me in the face with your opinion. You you weren't mean. I was just like Doug, and you were like, we already met actually. You were blackout drunk and you tried to lick me. I'm not really that into you, <laughs> and I was like. Oh, my God. I'm not that into you. And you know what's funny is I was like instantly on board. I was like, this guy I'm okay with. Because you said what you felt, whereas what, I'm, what I struggle with is not doing that as, as much, even when it's appropriate. I think people can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, I think so, I guess. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's sort of See, become he- a hallmark of my comedy, I like to think, is that uh, while I'm trying to tell jokes, I'm also just trying to, to be real. Say the truth. Well, not not necessarily the truth because you know some jokes are lies. Right, right, right. Be, but be real. Yeah, I, that's the but just be as you know, be as well. That's uh, what I say. And as I, much me as I can be. I've said this on the show before. Is is stage Pete doesn't have the problems that this Pete does. You know what I mean? Stage Pete is decisive. He has his opinions. He would tell anybody exactly what he's thinking. He'll interrupt you. He'll di- uh, argue with you. He'll disagree with you. He's very very strong. And I'm trying to merge with him. I don't want to. Ha- I want. I want him. He and I to be exact. And I know I sound like a crazy person right now, but a lot of people, a lot of artists, even will have different sides of their personality, and they highlight them on stage. You know what I mean? Like Bono and Eminem all have these different personas and stuff. I know Garth that- Brooks and Garth Brooks <laughs> and Garth Brooks. Yes, most famously Garth Brooks. Uh- I don't like Garth Brooks at all. I mean, I don't dislike him, but I don't. I'm not a fan. But I heard that he was doing a show in Vegas that I almost went to see yeah. just because it's he, he just comes out with a guitar, you know, because he used to be like all spectacle and he used to like fly and stuff uh-huh. <laughs> during his shows. In an, <laughs> and, an American flag t-shirt. Yeah. But now he was doing a show at the, I think it was at the Wynn in Las Vegas where he would just come out and sit down very close to the audience and... Not only take requests, but also just like Q and A kind of stuff through the whole show. Just him, just sort of talking to the crowd and playing playing songs, like kind of like VH1 storytellers or something. But in a big Vegas showroom at like a you know expensive ticket price. Yeah, and I thought I was like almost, I almost went to see it. I bet you would have loved it. I might have. Yeah, I, I might have loved it. it just because I might have been like, yeah, you know, I'm not a fan of his music per se, but yeah. but this is a really cool thing that he's doing. That is really cool. I you wonder. Know? I wonder. Like sometimes when you see like Chappelle and stuff working out or whatever, he'll, there's almost an element of that. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's one of our goals is to one day just kind of come out and only be real. You know what I mean? And just just improvise. Something else. That's well, something... just improvising is always dangerous because people did pay for for jokes or or doing so or doing that. To... You get requests, right? Uh, every once in a while, but I don't really. That's the thing is, I've never been much of a. Uh, I, I never really had bits that really stood out. I or... think of uh, what's the sandwich? Enough for people to ask me for the sandwich. <laughs> routine about sandwiches <laughs> Doug what is that one you do about the sandwich McGriddle 
I love your <laughs> McGriddle. McGriddle and I, I, I think I've been at shows where people have yelled yeah, out McGriddle. Yeah, if somebody yells out McGriddles now, I'll say something about it, but I couldn't possibly do the routine. Do the routine because it's I haven't done it for a few years, and I'm you know well, you a couple out, albums later. Yeah, you turn out a lot of albums. Well, try to, which is great. Try to do one a year. I like to ask weird questions, though. I could follow the natural track, and we could talk about putting out an album a year and trying to work through material. No, no. Make it weird. That's what I came here for. Yeah. Well, I'd like to deliver. I think most of this podcast is me reaffirming the mission statement. I did Ricky Lindholm's podcast, Making It, and we just talked about making it. How to fucking make it. So when I go on, it might be weird. What's it called? Jesus Christ. Things are weird. Can I please do the weirdness, du- the, 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 Doug talks hour? O- the Doug talks over you and enjoys cinema podcast? Can I do those? <laughs> you son of a bitch! You <laughs> son of a bitch! Uh, no, it's called "You Made It Weird." You so so who is the you in the title? Who's making it weird? Well, you know that's the fun it's of it. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. You fuck like we like we got to <laughs> the two of us got together to make it weird. It's a fun thing. For people to think about which of us made it weird. When you first asked me to do it, though, I swear to God, you told me come in with three different things that are I weird. I never about would have you. said that. I said I wrote it down. You, what were they? Ooh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. What well, were your three I, weird no, things? I wrote down that I needed to, and then uh, I texted you today, going, "I have to bring in three weird did things." He, you had to at least have thought of one. Well, I just think I'm, you know, I'm just sort of weird in general. What so was it? So it's not that hard to. You sleep with your socks on. Uh, Sex with my socks on. Do you sex for with your sure? Socks on? For sure. That's not that bad. I'll take them off. Cause I got like crazy, you know, crazy toenails. That, that I, you know, I don't want to be stabbed. You know what's with funny? Toenails. I'm so glad Sock you said protection. that. Listen to me. I haven't had sex in a while, uh, but I trimmed my toenails recently, and it can't be. It has to be in the back of your mind. You're like, I think I'm going to have sex. This is I have I have sex toenails now, and these y- are not y- going to cut into anyone. I've never said this before because it's so embarrassing. But on a Friday or Saturday night, where I go to a party, <laughs> I never make my bed ever unless I think I'm going to possibly bring somebody for sex. Right. That's what I say for sex. And coming home. And going into bedroom and you forgot that you did it and you turn on the light and your bed is made and I'm just and like, you're alone and you're alone. That's what I'm saying. And and, and it's With like really trimming. trimmed toenails. <laughs> what trimmed a, toenails? You feel like such an asshole. Lavender on the pillows. Oh, I did everything. I was, there's rose petals all over the place. Condom mobile. I like it in a baby's mobile. But at least you could have like a you know really romantic jerk off session. Yeah, you know what? I'm and not going to say that I haven't done that. I've been like, out. well, I, I'm here. The bed is made. <laughs> the stage is set. Everything is so nice. It's Why? so romantic. Somehow we got a weird thing about me out. Do you think that would be funny on stage? I don't know. It might be funny. Yeah, let's work up some stuff for your act. Okay. That's what people want what, to hear what would we call that? What would we call that? We'd call it uh, make bed sex. Yeah. Make yeah bed. Oh, and toenails. And toenails. And just uh, anything. Like anytime you like... Anytime you take, take a shower, yeah. like, like that second shower of the day. Yes. Like you showered in the morning. You, I'm didn't, going, you didn't work out. Yeah. And then you shower again just because, well, tonight might be the night. Yep. So I'll, I almost shaved. I'll I'm wash go, it I'm all going, off again. I'm going to a weird Hollywood party after this podcast. And I, I was, I, as you can see, I didn't shave because of my neck beard. And I was like, uh, maybe I should shave. Maybe I'll meet a lady. What weird Hollywood party are you going to that I haven't heard about? It's not that. It's my, for my agent. Oh. Are you with WME? You can come. I don't even know what that is. WME? <laughs> is that wrestling? Is that your wrestling you agent? Will, fuck you. You don't know the name <laughs> of the fucking podcast. And you don't know. William Morris Endeavor? Is yeah, that it? They have a street named after them. Suck it. 
Rodeo Drive is named after Yes. <laughs> Jimmy Rodeo founded William Morris Endeavor. I can't believe that I just sincerely bragged at my agency. But I kind of like that's that. where they are, right? They're, they're on, on William. They're, no, they're on, they're on William Cannon? Morris. Cannon? Are they on Cannon? Are, is it because another agent they're has They're in Bev Hills, right? Oh, I think it's another agency has a, a street named after them, and I've secretly wished that mine would. Oh. How fucking petty and stupid is that? And un- unrelatable. And I just told that to everybody. Well, I'll tell you flat out that That's you know I might not have the best career in the world, but I've done it in the past like five years or more, completely agent free. Really? Yeah. Fuck those guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's fine. <laughs> uh, no, they're fine. I mean, some of them are all right, well, but br- just the idea of them is fucking. They're just you know. I just kind of look at them as like employees. It's kind of nice. Yeah, they help you. They're they're your employees. Uh, my philosophy is they make ten percent <laughs> is because they do ten percent. As long as they're doing ten percent, I'll do I'll do ninety, and that's what they get paid. Yeah, that's how I feel about my lawyer and my manager. And oh, you do have a manager then, mm-hmm. and is he uh, with a place? Yeah, he has a whole. The only reason I ask is because no, it's out of his. Uh, he's got like a he guest sells, house in the back. He, he and, sells guns out of the trunk of a car. Yeah. He, uh, the reason I ask is a lot of people performers that go off the grid that are kind of like, fuck it, I'm not getting mail anymore, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, go off the grid. Like, Berbiglia, I believe, is managed by his brother. And I don't want to speak for Mike, but he was saying, like, no manager could give him the level of attention that he wanted to be paying them as much that he uh, makes. Yeah, that's a good uh, good way to look at it. I, You know, I, I guess if there was some high-powered agent that was dying to have me, I would probably, I would probably sign up. Do you but, just get requests? But for... that's what's funny about this business is I've got... I've got f- any agent could approach me and pos- potentially pick up that free money because I already I do have an ongoing career where if they just sat and did nothing they'd get money because yep. projects would fall in their lap and sure. things would come along and and yet no one is asking me. Weird. So so that to me is just like that's part of what's wrong with the system is that they're like they're always kind of looking for what's hot and new and young right, instead right. of what's Working like and proven and proven and I have four proven wells. <laughs> That's a there will be blood reference. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Oh, you you, do, you love you movies. do love that movie. You love movies, not that one. You don't love that movie. Saw saw it once. You got to see it again. Saw Q and A Q&A afterwards with Judd Apatow and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Why was Judd and Apatow there? I don't know. For some reason, give uh, me the bloody line. For some reason, PTA training and what's his name was there too. Who, Paul Dano? <laughs> no. Daniel Plainview? Yes. See, I don't even think of him Daniel as the actor. Daniel Day Plainview. No, I don't even think of him as the actor. <laughs> that was Daniel Plainview. That's the be- one of the best movies ever. It's, never, it's, it's not up for discussion. It's the greatest movie. So, you, <laughs> so when you come home at night alone and your toenails are clipped and, and I, your bed is made, and I freshly, you watch There Will Be Blood. Like, How many times have you seen it? Over 30 times. Really? Yeah. And you sit there during the scene. like You don't fast forward when he's like trapped in the bottom of the mine the and his leg is broken. He's like, ugh, ugh, struggling to he's doing it climb alone. up out of there. He's doing it alone, what is just it, like what is, you and you I. you know what's going to happen. What's entertaining about seeing that again? It's so important to set up the character. How many times have you seen Boogie Nights? I don't care for Boogie Nights. That is nonstop entertainment to me. I don't, that movie I is, don't care for there's that. like 10 minutes of it what I, do I cut need? out. Tits and ass? Fuck you. Give me a man and a mustache and an axe pick. That's my problem is There Will Be Blood ha- is not sexy at all. It isn't. At all. It speaks to the comedian's plight. He's mining gold at the beginning that he might fund his oil endeavors. And then he's trying to sell himself. He's getting out there and he ends up alone like Steve And Martin. like most comics, he's an <laughs> asshole and his son gets deaf in one ear. Bastard and- of the basket. 
And then he and then he says a weird thing that makes no sense, and that caught on in the pu- public imagination. Yeah, and then I drink, and then it tea. ends suddenly. It with ends no real. No, no, no. You need to see it again. <laughs> no way am because I going to sit through I'm that gonna, again. I'm going to tell you this. It ends perfectly. Oh, I was so Somebody bo- get this podcast to Paul Thomas. I was so bored during parts of it, and I, this is somebody that TJ loves didn't like it Magnolia. Either. I can watch that over. Magnolia is great. Magnolia is great. I can watch all three hours of that movie. That's a great movie. But that's also too much happening. Give me a man, whiskey, <laughs> and an like oil keep well. It so simple. Uh, a re- there were too many characters in Frost Nixon for you. Ah, I, I actually love Frost Nixon <laughs> because it is simple. I like my stories like I like my sushi. Simple. Keep the cheese off of it. Yeah, why is there cheese on sushi ever? Yeah, get that out of here. Why would there ever be cheese? Ooh, they were just like, how are we going to move this in America? Add cheese. I try to go sashimi style. I do sushi. As often as I can. I like, do I too. love just pieces of fish. Me too. You dunk it in the thing and you put on some of that other stuff. Let me tell you this. Good to go. More nooch. More nutrient. Oh. More nutrients. I don't know what. I've never heard nooch yeah, before. Yeah, me neither. I got to get my nooch. Okay, this isn't this isn't weird. I got to get en- my nooch on. This isn't weird enough for me. There's no nutrients in rice? Actually, the rice has sugar in pointless. it. Vinegar. It's it's a it's a simple carb. It's not good. Yeah, I'm not I'm not down. No, I could totally if there were possible to lose a lot of weight by just cutting rice out of your diet. Yeah. I would be set. Yeah, you'd be in fucking perfect health. Not that you're so, not. I mean, it's so you easy great. to cut rice out, even though I like it. You know, I'm not against it. Brown rice is better, but it tastes so much worse. You don't realize how much you like white rice until you start eating brown rice, and you're like, "Fuck this." Brown rice is better for you, though. Oh yeah, much better. Really? It's a complex carb. I always, you know, natu- I, I, might I be just wrong naturally this, but... go, I naturally say brown when they ask me to choose, and then I just don't really eat much of either. Brown is much better for you. <clears throat> I I wrote so I, I. <laughs> <laughs> then it got really weird. They couldn't yeah. even make sentences. <laughs> just the, I'm just, but then I, the natural just let me, lull that uh, comes after rice discussions. Yeah, Somewhere in, in Japan, that exact discussion was had. For the first time today, let's make it. Let's get weird. Let's yeah, let's make let's, it weird again. Come on, uh, let's make it weird. I want to talk about relationships. I love talking to uh, comedians about relationships. You're a single man. Is that true? What do you think this meltdown comics where we're doing this? What did you think it used to be? It couldn't possibly have been a comic book store from the second this building was built. That's a fair point because we're sitting in. This room we're in right now that's kind of upstairs and yeah, has windows overlooking the entire store, it just totally feels like we're like a It was a sweatshop. Dispatchers or, or, or yeah, or like They're sewing down there. And that we yeah, and then we open that window and go, If you don't sew fifty thousand more socks by five o'clock, you're all fired. Work harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird sweatshop vibe. You're yeah, right. It's very creepy. Yeah. You're very astute. Are you deflecting? Get into it. What was the question? Oh, you fuck you. What's the name of the podcast? What's the question? Uh, I just want to talk about girls, man. Oh, girls. Sex. Comedy, sex, God. That's what we cover. Every app. Every uh, app, man. Oh, okay. So we're out of the comedy portion. We did We did comedy good. We talked about comedy quite a bit. I also like to talk about uh, philosophies on success. That was the other weird thing I was going to ask you. But that I want to talk about sex now. I, I, I tire of this. Okay, but there's one thing I wanted to touch on. Is um it- Better be fucking it's weird. It's non-sexual. That's okay. But I want to touch it. <laughs> is you you were talking about the late night shows. Yeah. And here's my thing about... I think stand-up comedy shouldn't be on TV at all. Interesting. And that's part of what I like about Last Comic Standing is because 
That quote isolated makes no sense. (laughs) Because because when you go on Last Comic Standing, you do stand up, but people see you being funny in other settings, you know, the interviews, the interacting with the other comics, the challenges, whatever. Whereas if you go on Letterman or Leno or Conan, not Conan, if you go old Conan, but if you go on Letterman, Leno, um, Ferguson, numbers. Ferguson, Fallon, and do stand-up comedy. You stand in front of a fucking curtain. They rarely cut to anything. At least on Jimmy Kimmel Live, they'll cut to an audience reaction or the guests or something. Yeah. But a lot of those shows, it's just a flat shot of somebody doing their tight five minutes that they've worked really hard on that's TV clean and gets pretty good laughs after every punchline. Yes. And then... What what has that changed for anybody? Like even the people watching it, like the reason that comics are on late night shows so rarely now is because the ratings have proven that people change the channel when the stand up comic comes out. Because now it's like the host of the show, which is the main reason you tune into most of those shows, yep. that or their first big guest that sure. they might have. Uh, that that the host is not involved. Like I don't know why every comic just doesn't hold out for sitting down and talking to the host. Like, I don't know why, unless, and that's why I left Conan out, because I just watched uh, it last night, and this was a great example. On last night's Conan, it was uh, Paul F. Tompkins was the second guest, and he came out and sat down and chatted with Conan, and it was hilarious. Yep. And they're both funny together. Andy Richter, boom. Then the next guest was Tig Notaro doing a stand-up set. And she dedicated most of her set to a bit about pushing a stool around on the stage and making a, and making a weird noise uh-huh. that was so abstract and hilarious. And she pushed the stool all the way in front of Conan and, and Paul and Andy. So they're all in the shot while she's continuing to do this bit about pushing a stool around. It's probably on YouTube if you want to wow. you know, check it out or on NBC or not NBC. Yet. Sure, I know. TBS.com. TeamCoco.com. Yeah, the funny. We know funny. Um, I think that's it. That's their that's their catchphrase. <laughs> we know funny. We've got funny over here. Hey, you looking for funny? Some it's funny a, might fall out of us. It's a two pages of dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's but it, amazing. But that's where that's where I would consider doing a stand up set, and not that they're asking me to, but I would consider doing it on Conan because at least you can go out and do something weird, like Rory Scoville and and um, and uh, Jim Dore did. Uh, I remember that. Did a thing where they pretended they were double booked, and so they came out and did their stand up at the same time. Like I used to do shenanigans like that on uh, Jimmy Kimmel, and and had some fun. Like one time I went out and I had a black hype man that just kept yelling at the crowd to laugh more and be more into That's me. That's great. <laughs> and, <laughs> and another time, uh, you know, Zach Galifianakis and I did like a joke off where we just stood there and took turns saying jokes like it was some sort of competition. But then it never really there was no point to it other than just jokes. telling telling short jokes. That's fun, but. Uh, I'm not here to list off all my amazing accomplishments in, yeah. in the world of comedy, but I'm just saying that I just think that when somebody does stand-up comedy on TV, it makes stand-up comedy look boring and it makes people not want to go see it live. I wonder if that's true. I, I think that it. I think it's more. It's mostly for for us to learn how to craft a short set. It's a skill that we do. But why do we need a short set for what? For other than those shows. It's just funny. to. It's like doing an old-timey exercise. It's like riding laps around a track on one of those huge wheeled bicycles. I did a bunch of them. I did, you know, I did Kimmel ten times, and I, or, you know, five or six times, and I did, um, I did uh, back when Kilborn hosted 
the yeah. late, late show. I did that like four or five and times. Say- and my goal was always to get on Letterman. And I still would love, you know, I would love to do a stand up set on Letterman just because it's such a big, just read your amazing tweets. theater. And, you know, and I think that would be fun to do. But for the most part, for me, that ship has sailed. I'd rather just wait until they're willing to have me come out and sit down. Yeah. Because I think that give and take is so Can- much more entertaining than Here- just. Here's the thing. Here's why I, first of all, you're in a different place. You've done it a bunch. It's still a huge thrill for me to do. I've done Fallon and I've done two Conans and it was a huge thrill. And Berbiglia told me that he's like late night spots are just to give us practice to feel what it feels like to headline, to feel an immense amount of pressure and to go out and deliver. I think that's good. It's a, it's a type of aerobics. But Here's what if the you've other already thing. been headlining for a long time? That's why I'm saying we're in a different place. Here's the other thing. Is it exists? I love the idea that it exists. Uh, all these uh, Renaissance people used to do sculptures over paintings because they still exist. You know what I mean? Through fires and stuff. Uh, sure, you could burn uh, the Conan film or whatever, but like it's there. You can see it. It's on the internet. The, the first thing I do is I take my Conans off and I, I put them on YouTube, and they don't seem to mind. And uh, more people see them and all that sort of stuff. It's for me. And it's for something my parents done. It's a good ad for you on YouTube, for sure. Exactly. Compared to, I'm just talking about when someone's laying in bed late at night watching one of those shows. Yeah. It's at the very end of that show. Yes. <laughs> after a lot of like commercial breaks. So yeah. if, they, if they're not like, if they didn't TiVo it or whatever, there's just a lot to get through to get to a guy just standing there telling jokes who the host says, go see this person. It, they just name one or two cities. Yep. Like that's where having a website is helped too. Cause like if they say your website, that's much more helpful. Yeah. Cause back, back when Johnny Carson was like the only show, if you went on and did a set, you know, whatever town you're going to next, people would turn out like you'd be a good draw because yeah. you did five minutes on Carson. Yeah. But now the next time you do five minutes on anything, Pete, Go to the next town you're performing in and ask the crowd how many people saw you on that show right. and bought tickets because they saw you on yeah, the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. not didn't already have tickets right. and saw you on that show. Right, right, right. And the answer will be nobody. Yeah. It just doesn't happen anymore. I think you do it, and this is a weird answer, to have a prestigious YouTube clip. You do it for the prestige. Yeah. It's no, a it's huge good. thrill. It's cool to have a nice clip. And, and it, then you have a good clip of it. Yeah. I just saw Tom tweeted today. Hey, if you missed it last night, go. here's the link. Right. And then people can go just watch that. Right, right, right. Which I think is great. I'm really a, a fan of that. Yeah. I just think that. Also, people will watch it. Uh, my, I did a, a routine about magic. And David Copperfield, big thrill, tweeted that he, <laughs> that he thought it was funny. I'm not okay. kidding. It was super funny. So it was, I, a, it was very positive about magic? It was very positive. It was in defense of magic. Oh, thank, was, thank God somebody uh, finally somebody came along. Was, well, basically, the point of the bit is uh, just, just fucking enjoy it. We all know it's not real, basically. Just enjoy the show. But it is real. They're even better. <laughs> that's, one, that's one step better. I don't think David Copperfield necessarily would have watched it unless it was like, look at this guy on Conan. I think that opens up the idea that... I don't know. Maybe David yeah. Copperfield sitting around watching YouTube. I don't know. You've turned me around on this. Really? A little bit. But I still think, I still wish that stand-up comedy on TV, like even even half-hour hour specials on Comedy Central, I wish they were less just a person standing in front of a cur- I curtain talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was... Uh, on the Doug Benson talk show, you can do it differently. You can do it... They've yeah. tried a, a bunch of, di- a bunch of different ways. It's not going to be such a talk show. That's why my podcast is me with three three comics or three people... So that we can all pitch in and, and, you know, hopefully make it constantly funny. But also, it would be visually boring. So that's why it's a podcast. I understand. Yeah, I understand that. Like this. Like if someone were filming us right now, Ugh. 
How fun would that be? We do have a doll from Mars Attacks in the corner. But other than that, it's pretty boring in here. A really big doll. Uh, Yeah, the studio's pretty dull. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Me. All the good things and the bad things. That maybe? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) They could be. They might be. Oh, you don't know if they're going to be. There's no way to know. Uh, Let's just talk about that's it. That's a lot of fun for me. Well, I mean, what's your what's your philo, bro? <laughs> what's your philosophy? I mean, I'm just kind of interested in general. When uh, I was just saying recently to to Janina, actually, this will this might air before Janina. Uh, I don't know. I kinda, uh, you switch it up. I, I might switch it up. I might switch it up. But anyway, I was talking about, and it actually kind of depressed me. She should be the big Christmas episode. Ah, here's, here's some jolly, I don't even know what she is, libertarian, anarchist, uh, anti, uh, Tattooarian. anti-marriage, open sex person. I love Janine, but that doesn't scream holiday holiday episode for me. I love her too, long-time friend. Long-time friend, first-time listener. Never had sex with her. Never had sex with her, first-time <laughs> listener. Took I, the keys from her one time, though, when she was going to drive home drunk. And uh, Well, this must have been a while ago. So to this day, I'm responsible for her being alive. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, let me. This is what depressed me. It was a long time ago. She doesn't drink anymore. Nope, not anymore. This is what's weird uh, is that I said to her, and it depressed me. I had to think about it for a long time because, listen, I believe in relationships. I think they're wonderful. I, I, I recently had to reinvestigate this philosophy in my mind because of this interview with Janine, which haunted me, which was I said to her, I was like, I feel like anybody that dates a comedian needs to know they're entering into a three-way because they're, they're so into comedy. I'm not talking about themselves. It's not narcissism. It's they're into the service of comedy. They're into their fans. They're into the art. They're into the craft. And that's going to be a factor. Yeah, and they like going they it's a you're getting into a relationship with a person who is going out and doing an extremely social thing all the time. All the time. Yes. Oh, they're going out every night. Right. And that's most people don't have jobs where you go, go out, out at night and meet everybody. And meet people. Meet and, hundreds of people and, every night. And manipulate And them. they like you. And they like and you. they might want to sleep with you. You know, that's interesting that you took it there. I, I don't really run into that very often at all. I, I but you know, Well, after one of your hugs, why would any woman ah, want to sleep with you? They see me Once doing- Once they've been lifted like that. All those man lifts. <laughs> and they go, that guy doesn't- he, He's not DTF, as the kids say. That's, that's not really my concern. I, I did have- uh, I've had girlfriends before that were jealous of that aspect. That they thought that I was getting blown in the bathroom or whatever, which just wasn't happening. But that does not happen. I'll tell you, I've never been blown in the bathroom. Yeah, I, I know comics that do. Grow, to me, that's pretty. Yeah, gross. it's things have happened to other comics. Sure, but that's not us, Pete. A nameless that's comics. That's not how we are. That's not how we are. Mm-mm. Well, that's a Berbiglia said on what the fuck he was talking about. How he's like, whenever I see comedians that seem to be doing it for the sex, he's always like, they could be better. And I, t- I texted that was the poll quote for me. I texted that to him. I thought it was I thought it was fucking. Yeah, hilarious. you don't have to be the funniest comic to get laid. No, you have to be the funniest comic to to do what? What do you have to be the funniest comic to, to do? Be the best comedian. Who's that though? Louis. Yeah, I don't think Probably. he's trying to get laid after a show. Uh, yeah, but he's certainly his. You know, his FX show Louis is a you know his character on that show, which is you know based in his experiences. Uh, well, there's that quite episode. A bit. At he's Caroline's. trying to get laid a lot. And, at Caroline's, and does he tries, do weird things to. He tries to accomplish get, that. Yes, he tries to get laid too. But it's at the at the at that episode where he does at Caroline's, and Stephen Wright is like, "You're supposed to stick around and get try and get laid," and he does it like, like yeah, he put that idea in his head. He yeah. does it reluctantly, and that's how I would be. I've been in that situation where it's like, "Are you kidding? You're the king of the castle. You should walk around and flirt." But and I'm comics like, are shy, uh, you know, when it comes to man woman relationships. That's part of what makes us comics is because we can, we, you know, we can get up and talk to a whole crowd that has some women in it. But right. when you get one on one, it gets a little trickier. It's a specific thing. It always feels like an extension of the show to me. 
You know what I mean? It's like you're going to hang out with your persona. Like it's not, it's not like this right now. It's, it's like you want me to continue juggling. Like it's like if I were a juggler yeah, want and a girl to... was like, I like you. And it's like I'm going to go back to your hotel room and we're going to have sex. But with my free hand, I'm, I'm throwing a ball up in the air. <laughs> oh, I want some jokes while you're, yeah. while you're having sex I, with I me. doubt that's the case. But like it always feels like there's a pressure to it where I think after you do a good comedy set, you kind of want to be with your friends. You want to be with other comics. You want to speak frankly. And you don't want to continue any sort of social dance. Well, yeah, depending on what you're what you're in it for. I mean, I never got into stand-up comedy to get laid, but boy, did it help. Yeah. You know, boy, did it work out that way because it's just <laughs> it's just it's just such a it's just such a leg up that a, like an attractive young woman might say to you after a show, "Hey, good job." You know, that's like yeah. like when you walk into a bar as you know, oh, Pete, Pete Holmes it. or Doug Benson without doing a set. Yeah, forget it. nobody's going to unless they've seen you somewhere like yeah. on a YouTube clip, yeah. they're not going to come up to you and go, "Hey, good job walking right. into this bar right. and hanging out by yourself hoping to get laid." Right. Good job yeah. doing that. I really like the way you do yeah, that. I really love the way you're standing in that corner by yourself, yeah, nibbling which is on what too many we do when we're doing stand up. We're just standing there by ourselves, you know, and, yeah, and, and the whole audience is just sort of assuming that what you're going to say is is funny. Seinfeld had a great quote on 60 Minutes when they profiled him years ago, where he was like, "I don't mind getting in front of whatever a thousand, two thousand people," and then he gestures to the green room, which is filled with groupies and and his uh, driver or his bodyguard, whatever, and he and he gestures to them, and it looks like they're having a nice time, and he's outside by himself, and he goes. I have no idea what to say to these people. And I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly the feeling. Let, let me go up where I know the rules. I talk. You listen. You respond. There are a couple, there's a couple other things you can do other than clapping and laughing. You know what I mean? You can yell out yeah, McGriddle. Yeah, but the awkwardness and the weirdness is gone. Is gone because there's, uh, there's this rules. accepted rules. Yes. Like I'm going to talk and you're hopefully going to laugh at what I have to say. But when you're standing around in a – in a green room after the show, like yeah. people will say, throw you, say the weirdest weird, things to you, weird, and uh, and also try to draw you into, like that's where like if I'm standing around, there's a bunch of people in a room, like it's kind of your instinct to kind of make make everybody laugh or at least talk to everybody, yeah. And then, but sometimes you'll be in a bar or you know backstage after a show, and and people will try to isolate you and have to ha- and have a really one on one conversation when you're just not you're just not in that mode. Yeah. You're just not like I just want to I want to I want to experience all these people in this room, but this person. Just needs, just wants Once. to lock in on yeah. me because that's what they came to see me. I came to see the world. Yeah, ha, <laughs> the know? name of your new book. <laughs> they came to see me. I came to I see came the world. To see the world. And it's, and the, it's the movie poster for North, but it's you walking on the road. Oh, boat. North! You love North. That was awful. So it's not as bad as there will be blood. Oh fuck you forever! <laughs> no, that, there will be blood is very extremely accomplished. Yeah, sure. Well-made movie, but I I like his other movies better. Uh, yeah, except for maybe Punch Drunk Love. I want to watch it again with you, and I'll insist that you're not. Oh talking. God, watch it with me. That would be so weird. <laughs> well, well, let's be honest. That's never going to happen. It's a three-hour movie. Oh, three hours of a guy just trying to make get it, get his mind started. Fucking make it. A guy basically standing in the corner of a room. He's us. But he's a horrible person. He's not. He's all of us. You relate to Daniel Plainview? Of course. We all have this weird, fucking angry, rageful side of us. And I love watching a guy that is just completely fucking evil. (laughs) I can't go bowling without wanting to beat somebody to death with a pin. That's for sure. That is for sure. Yeah. 
Oh God, I love it. So let me ask you that: What is your goal? Relate? Do you want to date someone? Uh, do you want to like be? Do you want a wife? I don't know what I want, Pete. This I is really a, don't. This is where I contradict myself the most. Where you're like, I'd, I, you asked me in the middle. You woke me up at four a.m. and we like, you want wife and kids. I go, of course. You fucking weirdo. Of course. And then like in my life, I'm kind of uh, not really looking too hard for that. Yeah, it seems like the guys that do meet somebody and they, you know, and they're doing stand-up comedy, they 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 could settle down and have kids, and it, it can work out. But to me, it just all seems, it just all seems like uh, it's just not what I'm looking for. I, I think I've just gone over the hump in terms of, you know, I could be surprised by how I feel, you know, tomorrow. Right. But right now, I definitely do not want to have kids ever. Right. I just don't ever want that concern in my life and don't and certainly don't think well, the weed that even the fact that still. I ha- that I'm making an okay living, I still think that what I make is not enough to to guarantee a child a decent life in this world yeah. that we live in now. Private schools, all that shit. Organic food. Everything. Back, um back rub coupons. <laughs> and then you also have to you kind of have to make more money when you have kids and well they, they, or um, try to You're in the system now. This is why I don't want to buy a house for example. Like if oh, I could if I, I could buy a house. Oh, not buying a house. If you could then you're in you're in the system. You're on the grid. You know what I mean? Like let's say you make enough money to make a down payment for a house. If you do that, now you have to continue making that money. Whereas before, the money was just sitting there, and you're like, isn't it nice to know I have this money? Whereas if you put it into a house, now you're like, the mortgage is now blah, blah, $1,000 or whatever. And you're like, now you're saying yes to projects that you wouldn't do. Now you're not taking that cool tour to Europe or whatever you wanted to do. I don't know what you do. But and this, you're this, out on the road missing the people that and not are living the in reason the house. why you're trying to make enough money to take care of everybody. Not sleeping in that and house. And she's assuming you're getting blowjobs in the bathroom. Wrong, wrongfully, and, but yes. And, and it's she's also, asking, it, why did you trim your toenails? It takes all the fun out of stand-up. When you're on stage doing stand-up comedy, you should never be missing someone. You should never be like, oh, I really wish I was rather – I would rather be with so-and-so. Yeah. Well, this you know, is the three-way thing. Because you got to yeah. be there for the, you know, the audience. Yeah, you're right. It's you, totally you're, – You're talking about like I, I, I need to be present. In order to have like good uh, sex with the audience, you ever have sex and the person's not present? It's similar. You don't want to feel like the comedian is like, I can tell this guy wants to get back to the hotel room, eat some wings, drink a bottle of wine and fall asleep. That's what I do. Well, that's a that's a pretty awesome night. It is a pretty awesome night, especially if you're lucky enough to have a hotel room that has like you know wings, de- decent cable, decent cable. You know, watch some Who walk, Walking Dead on AMC or something. Is that a good show? <laughs> it's a great show. Uh, uh, but yeah, I see what you're. I, I understand that, and uh, I totally agree with it's it. It's Troubling. It's a little depressing. But I think Pete Holmes has the capacity and the love in his heart huh? that I think you'll meet somebody and have kids with them and be like. Like, like a lot of people. Not, I'm not saying that you're not special. <laughs> Actually, I think you are saying I am special, if I'm hearing you correctly. Because in our group, the married are few and far between. Are they? Yeah, who do you know? Well, a lot of my friends are married. Who? And I, I mean, they're, I hang out with Arge? them less as a result. Arge isn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can name random comics that aren't married these yet. Are your but, friends. They're all, but most of them are younger than me. Why am I blanking? Al Magical? There aren't too many people. He's married. Yeah. There aren't too many people that are that are my age and you know and doing what I'm doing that are also not you know at the at the very least in a kind of uh, committed relationship. Um, 
you know, like Kumail Nanjani. <laughs> Kumail, one of our married friends, just came up and without looking at all in the studio, started opening this this sliding door as if this were his porch and then saw us. Yeah, and, and then you know just what's funny? completely backed out weirdly. It was very weird. That's he could, the, he the weirdest thing that's happened on this podcast. No, I've tried was, so hard. was outside that glass door. I've tried you so hard try to, to keep the weirdness weird. right in here. Let me see. And yet it happened yeah. right there. I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else weird. Sometimes the, the religion uh, can be a little much. It gets a little old. Everybody's an atheist, so let's just say it. Are you an atheist? Oh, all the comics are atheists? Everybody's an atheist, man. Really? It kind of bothers me, but I mean, I love atheists. I really do. I love talking to them. I find it very interesting. But I'm finding that the show is starting to have a sour tone when it comes to the belief in, in the Lord. And I enjoy, I, I enjoy people that are seeking truth. And if you find that in atheism and, and, and science and all that sort of stuff, it's very invigorating. But sometimes I find that the show can be a bit of a downer. When, yeah, I, when, I, could, I, when I listen to it. I can I, be pretty upbeat about, I mean, because I, I've never called myself an atheist. I've called myself, I don't call myself anything really other than not particularly religious. Uh-huh. So that means that you're kind of open to it? I get, I, 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 I'm not that open to it because I just don't. You don't I, give a shit. It's not that I, yeah, I just don't have any reason to, to believe strongly one way or the other, really. So you don't bother with it. I'm more likely to go with other comedians and people that are just sort of like, yeah, there's nothing. You just die and it's over. Right. You know, and that, but that doesn't necessarily comfort me. You know, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, I don't really, I, I, and I'm not somebody that wants to convince other people that, oh, you're wrong because you think there's a God or whatever. Right. But. So you're not militant. No, I don't. It hardly, rarely comes up in my stand-up or or anything that I do. I'm going through the crisis of faith that most people go through in college. Were you raised religious? Uh, my parents sort of tried, but uh, you know, we were we went to a Methodist church. I went to Sunday school and uh, church on like you know Easter and Christmas. And then as soon as I got to be like eleven, twelve years old, I went, why? Why do I have to keep doing this? You know, why, like, I appealed to my parents' notion of, you know, why do you have to get up in the morning and drive yeah. me to Sunday school on a Sunday? Why yeah. do, Why would you want to do that? Right. You know, and then you have to come back and pick me up. It's like a lot of running around for, for me to go do something I don't want to do. And they and they just sort of let me stop going. I never thought of that. Yeah. I and think so, my brother tried that. And But I absorbed none of it. Like when I watch, like when I watch Jeopardy, if the subject is the Bible, I am fucked. Oh, I like I cannot answer a single question about the Bible unless it's you know I like kill the Bible. who build an ark or something like that. You know, the real obvious one. Jonah. Yeah, uh, I got into a cab recently, and I don't know why I did this. <laughs> the guy was listening to some weird Bible tape, a, a Bible oh, trivia God. tape, and I knew the answer, and I said it, and then the guy was like. Here we go. And you know what's right, funny is I was <laughs> wrong. The question was, uh, uh, which individual parted water to escape? Help, did God help part water to escape his foe? Or it's not Moses? And I said Moses. Of course I said Moses. Yeah. And it's not. It's individual. I'm pretty sure it was Elijah or Elisha, one of the Elijah peoples, because it's which individual. He was by himself. And the guy knew. He was like, it was the Jordan River, and he parted it for him. And I was like... Okay, I'm going to put on my noise-canceling earphones right now. God love you. I love you, man, but I, I can't be doing this. I was somewhere, I think it was maybe Houston, where the cab driver had not only religious radio, like religious talk radio, but he had it blaring. <laughs> Absolutely blaring. And that's where I'm not a straight shooter. I never asked him to turn it down. I never asked really? him to turn it off. I never... 
Never put that's on funny. headphones. That's funny. That's one of the. F- I just sat there and just took it. That's one of the few areas because I'm trying to improve in this way that I will be like, sir, a nice thing to say, sir. Would you mind please turning the radio down? Like I'll do that. And uh, and this is a true story. The guy had it was a, I believe he was a Muslim guy. He had some sort of a you know Arabic sounding music playing, and it sounded religious. And I swear to God, whichever you choose. He was playing, he was driving with his knees, and he was playing a, a small wooden flute, like a recorder. <laughs> and I leaned forward. I, I wish I had videotaped it. I, and I said, I literally said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but would you please not play the flute while you're driving? <laughs> and he was like, what? I got my... Like, they never just go like, oh, sorry. He was just like, oh, I can do it. I believe you yeah, can do it. I'm seeing you do it. Please drive. It's actually happening. As if. I'm here as well. I don't mind if you flute drive on your own time. Flute drive is also when we collect uh, flutes for the needy. I can't stand. <laughs> I can't stand getting into any kind of spat or problem with a cab driver because they're operating the vehicle I know. that you're sitting in. What if he just and you need to get somewhere? Your shit's in the trunk. I know. That's <laughs> you fair. Know, he's got a thing where he can jump on the phone and call, you know call somebody. You know call. Uh, you're, you're basically – you're a decision on his part away from a kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. This happens in South America. It's only a matter of time before America wises up and is like, we have them. Don't give me something to be paranoid about. I'm paranoid about like cab drivers because I do look around cabs and see that it because more and more cabs now the guy won't turn on the meter. He'll just he'll just give you some sort of uh, number when you get there. He won't have like a a a sign that says his you know his number and you know his official yep uh, all that stuff. And I look around for that stuff all the time when it's not there. I just start to get really creeped out. Like this could just be I can just have the one asshole that's going to do something really weird. Yep. And I'm I'm stuck. Katie, I don't know. I think I've said this on the show before. I worry about them just deciding to end it and forgetting you're in the back and driving off a bridge. Wow. So don't go across any bridges in a cab. Sir, I'd like to go to Brooklyn, but don't take any bridges. Yes. Please. Just Uh, drive underwater. And could you please put the fucking cello away? You're gassing with the stem of a cello, sir. Like I never tell I never tell the cab drivers in New York to stop being so aggressive and that I've got plenty of time to get where I'm going. Yeah. Because it's not about you. They're they're that aggressive because they want to get the next they want to yeah. pick up the next person and get the next <sighs> fare and the next tip. I really I worry about this all the time. Cuz I'm sure a lot of people tip shitty, so it's like let's get this guy to where he needs to go in case he's a shitty tipper well, I always and then say, pick up somebody else. I'll give you a good tip, please drive less recklessly. It's well, not, hard to it's hard it's to not tell as much, to drive. For me it's not as much about recklessness. I hate the hard braking. Yeah. Like where they speed up to the next possible thing and then brake really hard. Yeah. Because you're like just sitting back there, you know, trying to dick around on your phone yep. or your whatever you're doing. Yep. And that like that heaving forward. I'll every, do one worse. Uh, what's the, that? The coasting. They, I think they do it to save gas. They gas and then they let off the gas and yeah. you coast. And you're like, you, you're. This is a vomit factory. You yeah. found the way to drive to make yeah. anyone vomit. The constant lurching is like I. And I, because again, I don't say anything to them, but I'm like thinking it in my head, like I just. What are you go, gonna? How can could you, you voice stop that? driving like an idiot? Yes. Please, sir, stop coasting. A term I've created for when you gas and then let off and then coast. What do you call it? Oh, you call it stoppy stop? <laughs> okay. Like, what do I know? What's I don't know. What's your name for it? It's like when they call uh, our, us routines. Yeah, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, skits. Whatever your you're doing skits. that you're, whatever, however your driving style, whatever you call it, please stop doing that. Yeah. Please change your driving style while I'm in the car. Sir, I know you drive for a living, but uh, 
you suck. You're yeah. really you're really pure garbage. There's some terrible ones at it. I know. Well, this is this has been cab chat. <laughs> uh, and they never ask me questions. Why can't I be in a cash cab? I want ah uh, BenBailey.net because Ben Bailey. He also I hear that's rigged. What do you mean rigged? A friend of mine was on it. Like they know they're in cash cab before they get in. They don't know it's cash cab, but they know they're going to be on camera. Oh, so they tell people we're making a sh- TV show. Yes. So now at this point, Cash Cab is popular enough that I bet most people put two and two together. Yeah, they figure it out. As soon as they, they say we're b- going to have cameras in the cab. I, they, I don't think they say they're going to be in the cab. I think they say, my friend uh, Matt was on it, and it's like, they say we're going to, where you're going, go to this place, the location that you're going. We'll pick you up so they can control how far your route is. Tell him you're going here, and that's where the taping is. So you sign a release and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But then you get in the cab, and it's genuine excitement. And then maybe they do some randoms, but I doubt it. There'd be too many times where, for one reason or another, the person doesn't want to sign the release at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, and, and then They're what? spending all this production time filming people they can't use. Yeah. And they can't blur, like, blur their number face one, out. How many calories are in a pistachio? Like, sir, I, just, I need to get to the airport. I don't want to play. They cash never cap. take them to the airport. It's that's true. A, that's another sign that it's Fake. rigged in a certain way because it's they're always just driving you know uptown to downtown and vice, right. vice versa. It's right, never right, take right. me to Newark or even Brooklyn. I don't see Brooklyn. No, no. They, it's all within. So they need to know that from the people before they get into the cab. They need to know where they're going. Right. Yeah. And for I think sure. they pick them up on certain corners and stuff to give it the, the feeling. I, I hope I didn't ruin Cash Cab for anybody tonight. It's still I, I I like watching it. They show it on planes all the time, so I I, I catch ben it. Ben Bailey, man, told me years before he got that show that he wanted to do a game show, and I think that's interesting. Well, he's still he's great at that because, and I've probably waxed poetic about how awesome he is on uh, in some other forum, but I'll I'll quickly say it here that he. The way he asks them the questions and is driving a cab in he definitely he has to drive a cab in traffic in Manhattan. Right. And the fact that he does all that and wow, makes, being makes it funny. look and may, and being he amusing, the fact that he makes it all look so easy and that he, you know, he really got his hack license. Like that was part of really? the, the deal for him hosting that show uh, is he had to get his actual license and in New York as opposed to other fucking stupid cities where the cab drivers could be dumb as shit and not know where anything is. In New York, you have to pass a test really where you know where everything is where you prove where you know everything is some of them forget but Uh, but to get their license they need to know where everything is and interesting story about ben bailey is it between him and one other guy when cash cab first started and the other guy also had to get his hack license before they decided which one they were going to use on the show really one guy went to all that trouble got it and then didn't get the job oh my gosh that's like Janine uh, lost a bunch of weight because she thought she was going to be the female lead in Jerry Maguire. Something we didn't talk about on the podcast, actually. Something I just learned about her researching. She lost weight because she thought she was going to be Renee Zellweger? Yeah. Did she squint a lot? And Then Renee gained face and- weight <laughs> and booked the part. Oh, oh no. Uh, it's getting loud. Yeah, people are chanting for something outside. This is There's, fucking there's some over. sort of uprising at the this comic book store. Sh- this show's over, man. Maybe, maybe all these people saw the first six minutes of The Dark Knight Rises. Did you have you? No, it's going to be playing before Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Oh, then I'll definitely see it. I Ghost love, Protocol I love is my that. favorite expression now. Yes, because I just love that it's called Ghost Protocol. It's like, a terrible name. Like there's certain things that a ghost must do. There's there's when you're a ghost. It's there's, boo, there's guys. Procedures. It's and not woo. <laughs> it's boo. Yeah. Come on. Follow ghost protocol. Chains, never <laughs> wires. Chains, not wires, guys. 
I, I see your eyes glazing over. I know they're dead, but keep them up How here. many times do we have to tell you to stop trying to contact the living? Ghost <laughs> protocol. <laughs> Perfect. Will you please do me two favors? One. Yes. Consider watching There Will Be Blood. Don't be thick in front of me, Al. There are so many movies, so many great movies I've Why never don't seen. Why don't I own this? And they keep making new ones that I haven't seen yet. Give me the blood, Eli. Let me get out of here. Yeah, I, I you know, I, These are great I, I do not begrudge his nomination for Best Actor. Did he win that year? He won in my heart. I don't give a fuck yeah, what actually pr- happened. I think he won for My Left Foot, which is, you know, another movie I probably never watch again. But I admire how, how well-crafted it is. Yeah, well, okay, maybe you won't do that. But the second thing is, to end every show, we have the guest uh, on their own free will say, keep it crispy, if you will. Just say, keep it crispy? You already did it, but I mean, if Can you want to... Can it be that terrible read? Yeah, can we get that again? Can we get a, do three? Can we get beeps? Oh, you want three versions no, of I'm it? No, I'm just kidding. You can if you want. Keep it crispy. That's good. That's kind of like a Steve Agee on a Saturday morning. Keep it crispy. That's like Ben Bailey while <laughs> driving through <laughs> fucking traffic and still, still somehow being amusing, as you said. Oh, I got a really good one. Okay. I love to do this voice whenever I have the opportunity. Keep it crispy. Is that Jack McBrayer or the alien? <laughs> yes, that is the page from 30 Rock. <laughs> is that yeah, Jack is McBrayer? Kenneth the page. Or Keep it crispy. Wait. That's Marvin Marshall. Of course it is. <laughs> you know, it was very good. I just <laughs> couldn't think of the name. Not to be confused with Mars Attacks. You brought it all back. Mars Attacks would be so much better if all those aliens were, talked and looked like Marvin Martian. I think they're doing a Marvin the Martian movie. No, they're not. I know the guy that's writing it. I'm so excited. Say keep it crispy. It's got to be the last words of the podcast. Oh, that's how That's how. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. go to... Do you have a theme song or something? Do we play it at the end? Do you have a thing at the end? We got to do that, man. Or does it say, come in and say, this has been a Nerdist Industries... It does that. Nerdist tag. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. for that. I didn't right. sign up for that. So that's interesting, though. You have the guests say this, the last, the sign out line. You know why? Because it's too embarrassing. It's kind of my catchphrase that I love yeah, yeah. to say, uh, as you know from being Twitter buddies. But, uh... I don't. I feel I, it's weird. It's, it's just per- fun to end the show with having the guests say, the guests say it. Keep it crispy." Yeah, Doug Benson. Thank but then you, so you kept much. talking. I still. I th- thought we I, were gonna. I, 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 I thought say- those were gonna be the last words. Those, Keep it crispy. They're your last words. I get to say, Doug Benson, thank you so much for doing it. This has been. So you don't have a closing line, been, really. What did you think the show was? You, you're a bunch of weirdos. Wow, is this weird? Wow, is this weird? This has been. Wow, is it weird on the Dorcas Network? Thanks so much, Doug. Crispy, crispy. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com.